I believe that addiction is more, like I say, more than just taking drugs because drugs are a chemical solution to a spiritual problem. That's yeah. why when I probably first got high, I felt like, yeah, that's the answer. Right. Unfortunately, it took a lot from me, or fortunately. Who knows? Because if I didn't go through that process, I would never have had the revelations that I've had and I would never be the person that I am today. That's Shane Goodhue, and this is the Vegan Champion Podcast. Welcome or welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Jason Fonger, and I'm the host of the Vegan Champion Podcast. Here we are in episode five. It is an honor to be here between your earbuds or in your car or on your screen or however you are consuming this content. I sincerely thank you for giving this podcast a listen. I promise you are in for a treat. Today's episode features Shane Goodhue. Have you heard of Shane? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. If you do know him, I don't need to convince you about how extraordinary this guy is. If you don't know Shane, don't worry. I got you covered. By the end of this conversation, you'll know what I'm talking about, and you're likely to come away with some valuable insights about life. I would say so. Shane has an amazing story of transformation. In years past, he felt a lack of energy and will. He felt lonely and as though he didn't belong. When he found gambling and drugs, he began forming addictive tendencies towards these destructive behaviors, eventually leading to some pretty dark places. The present-day Shane, however, has come a long way. Shane is now a high-performing triathlete and works tirelessly in service to those who struggle with addiction. As you're about to hear, Shane is extremely open and articulate about his feelings, experiences, and the lessons he has learned along the way. I feel grateful to have had this insightful exchange, and my feeling is that you will be be motivated and inspired by Shane's story too. He posts regularly to his Instagram page and stories at Shane Goodhue, so be sure to check him out there if you are feeling his vibe. Once again, thanks for tuning in today. Please enjoy my conversation with Shane Goodhue. Welcome Shane Goodhue to the Vegan Champion Podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. How you doing, man? You just came from a swim, yeah? Yeah, just just came straight from the pool, so yeah. What did you do today? Uh, today I'm, I'm actually in a, uh, in a, in a bit of a taper at the moment. So, um, still, still uh, a fair bit of volume. So, um, did like eight times 400 as the main set with some, uh, pool toys. So getting that strength in. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you're training for? Training for Ironman Western Australia. It's coming up. Yeah. Nice, man. This, yeah, is, man. this is your second one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Second Ironman. Second Ironman. Yeah. And how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good, actually. I mean, I've, I've definitely put a lot more work in this time than I did the first time around. So, um, you know, quietly confident, excited, just getting excited now, really. You know, I'm starting to see the progress within my training and, uh, yeah, just, just getting excited to get out there and get it done, really. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, man. That's awesome. What was your, your first Ironman experience like? That What was the race that you did? Yeah, so, um, yeah, first Ironman was uh, Ironman Taupo, like Taupo, New Zealand. Okay. Um, the experience, you know, yeah, it was, it was a trip, man. It was a, it was a trip because, you know, it's a long way. Right. And, um, it yeah, is. yeah, it's, uh, and you know, I kind of went against, against the grain a little bit in terms of, in terms of, uh, getting to the Ironman. I've only been really been ra racing triathlon now for, for a couple of years. And, um, I don't know, there was just something about, I remember when I first heard about the Ironman, I was like, you know, it sounded impossible. I remember I was sitting there and somebody had explained to me that there was somebody uh, sitting, you know, in our circle that had done an Ironman. And I was like, what's an Ironman? And they'll, you know, explain, you know, 3.8K swim, 180K bike and a marathon. And I was like, well, all, one after the other, you know, one after the other. And he's like, yeah. I was like, wow, you know, 
Um, so at, when, I, when my training sort of started looking good enough and I wanted to sort of give it a go, um, against sort of the advice of a lot of people, I just decided to, to, to rock it out. And, um, and yeah, like the experience was amazing, to be honest, you know, I flew over there and uh, me and my dad traveled down to Taupo and, and dad's from New Zealand. So, um, so it was cool to sort of spend time in, in his home country and, 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 and visit some sites uh, along the way. And uh, yeah, it was scary. You know, race day was scary, waking up and, and, and knowing that, you know, you've got this task ahead of you. And, and I, was, I was a little bit uncertain as to, as to how I'd go. Um, but yeah, you know, once, once that sort of cannon went off and then the race started, all the nerves went out the way and it was just, yeah, the race was on really. And it was, um, yeah, it was a real experience, you know, crossing that finish line was, was, was amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, when you, when you cross the finish line after a race like that, like I, uh, I finished in a little over 10 and a half hours, I think. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was just an amazing feeling, you know, it was just surreal. It was absolutely surreal. Yeah. When you, when you started to get into triathlon, mm. did you always have like your sights set on an Ironman or were you just doing other, other distances, just wanted to get into it for the lifestyle or? Yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny thing, Jason, how, like I, how I got into, how I got into triathlon. I mean, if you had to told me like three or four years ago that I'd be like wearing Lyca and, and Speedos and all this kind of stuff, I would have laughed at you. You know, that just was not something that was on my radar whatsoever. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I guess what kind of got me into triathlon, I was introduced to cycling first and, um, and you know, I kind of fell in love with that. I didn't realize how much freedom was available on two wheels on a bicycle and, uh, and, and the, the community that I was, that I was with and, and the friends that I had around me had this idea to do a triathlon and, um, and yeah, like I kind of jumped on board. I couldn't swim whatsoever, you know, like I, I could swim, you know, I could, I could, I could not drown, I guess you'd call it, but, um, 50 meters and I was gassed, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, the guys that we started training together and I, actually my first race was a, a race in August, 2016 in Hua And, um, yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was, it was good fun. But when I finished the race, I was like, uh, you know what? Like, that's the only triathlon that I'm going to do. Um, I really? wanted, yeah, it was, I was like that. I was like, you know, like I, I, um, I enjoyed the training. I enjoyed the experience, but you know, it took me, it did, it was an Olympic distance triathlon, which is like 1.5 K swim, 40 K bike, 10 K run. Yeah. It took me a little while to finish it. Um, and I was like, yeah, that, that was great that I trained and I did that, but that's like the last one I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And how long did that last for? Uh, I didn't race again that year and it wasn't until um, Bangsan, yeah. tri the Tri-League Bangsan race came around and that was a uh, master's distance, which was like 1.5, I think it was a 75 or 80K ride and uh, 15K run. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like something that I want to do. And that was in February, 2017. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I, uh, you know, I got the new bike and I started training like a, a lot more seriously than I did the first time. Mm -hmm. and, and after that race was when I really caught the bug. Yeah. That's rad. That, I think it was just before that race that we met. Yeah, yeah. We met in a bike shop here in Chiang Mai. We were both, I think, buying the clip-on aero bars. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we were both in there, and I, uh, yeah, I think we were just, hey, you're getting some aero bars. Oh, yeah, you doing you doing buying sand? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I was yeah. doing the sprint. Yeah. That was my first triathlon. In I mean, actually, I did a triathlon like five years before that, but that was like my first sort of getting back into it yeah um but yeah i remember we were both grabbing those those aero bars and yeah uh, yeah i remember that day uh and you know we had a conversation in there and yeah and i remember like the time i wasn't i wasn't vegan and i remember talking to you about um about veganism right and 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 you were you know you were doing that thing you still are doing that thing obviously mm -hmm. and um 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that day really well. Yeah, man. And yeah. you were you were a lot bigger, lot like bulkier. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. You're like much I, more. Yeah, I went through like a uh, a bit of a stage in in my in my like sort of late teens, early twenties, where you know the people that I was around and 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 you know the community that I was sort of hanging around with was really into sort of getting big and lifting weights and all that kind of stuff. And and I kind of went through that stage a little bit. So I put on a bit of muscle, mm-hmm. um, not too much. Like I wasn't huge. I was never huge or anything like that. But like yeah, like I I was quite stocky. I had some some extra. Some extra weight for sure, um, which has kind of you know <laughs> fallen off me since I've got further and further down this rabbit hole of endurance sports. But yeah. um, but yeah, no, definitely I was a lot bigger back then. Yeah, I remember seeing you like in the in the weeks and like months, like you know we would sort of see each other around and yeah. stuff. And it was like you know, especially after you went vegan, it was just like every time I saw you, I had to do a double take. <laughs> so I'm just like, who's that guy? Oh man, he's lost another you know however many kilos. Yeah, and just just leaning out. Yeah, man. Um. And yeah, it's funny. We were just talking before this. How somebody, somebody you're training with, says now you're looking, you're too lean for an Ironman. Yeah, Man, yeah. Saying. The other day, like I, I copped a message off a friend of mine, and she was like, you know, like um, I think I, we were talking about food or something like that, as I often am these days. And uh, she, she was like, um, you need to get your calories in. You know, like you, you're almost too skinny for Ironman. And that kind of touched <laughs> me in the heart a little bit. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you know, like then I thought about, I was like, no, I'm definitely getting my calories in. You know, it's just, it's just what happens. You know, when when yeah. you um when you train like like we do, when you and you follow, you know, like a high carb, low fat diet. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I yeah. think that was that's probably some of the first like advice that I that I probably gave you. I'm pretty mm. sure I would have said like, you just got to make sure you eat enough, right? And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a mistake that a lot of people make when they go vegan. Probably the biggest mistake is that they just they don't eat enough because you just have to eat more volume, especially if you're if you're eating whole foods, right? You got to eat mm. more volume. And totally. a, lot, a lot of people they they eat the same size plate that they were eating before. Yeah, they, and they wonder why they feel you know tired and and lethargic and, and fatigued. It's like you got to make up for that gap, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how have you felt since going vegan? Like any man, any major changes or? Yeah, definitely, man. Like I um, so. You know, like you know about, a bit about my history, right? And I've made some pretty big life decisions over the past few years, and uh, and and going vegans in that top, in the top three. You know, like mm. um, since I uh, since I went vegan, um, yeah, I don't know. People ask me all the time, you know, why did you go vegan in the first place? And I'm I can't, I'm still not exactly one hundred percent sure what the motivation was. I knew like that I wanted to make the change to to to, to veganism, and um, like I was brought up eating. Like the, the the main meal on the plate was like meat, right? And then there was like vegetables on the side to complement the meat. And um, yeah. that's how I grew up. That like you know like roast dinners, sausages, you know like just just like a, a, a proper like Western Australian sort of like diet. And um, I don't know like I, I I was always curious about about veganism, you know, especially over the past couple of years. And um, when I started hearing about it, and also living in Chiang Mai, you know, like you see a um. Like there's a big vegan expat community here and you know like i would see like guys like you and other crew that were just like pumping it up up the door and uh and you know living living this lifestyle and you know it was attractive um as well as as i started sort of like leaning into the idea more and discovering more and more about veganism you know also from an ethics point of view it, it became more and more obvious that it was the right decision to make, but I kept falling back. I kept falling back. I would do like maybe four or five days vegan and I would fall back on cheese, huge one for me, you know, mm-hmm. cheese and uh, cold meats as well. Like I used to love salamis and pastrami's and all mm-hmm. that sort of that, all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, like uh, when I finally made the decision was after watching what the health actually 
Oh, know, really? Watch that, watch that documentary. Great documentary. Like, if you haven't watched it, totally recommend, you know, for anyone that's watching this or listening to this. Um, you know, I'd seen uh, Cowspiracy before that as well. So I forget what that guy's name is that uh, that, that is like leads those documentaries, but, you know. You mean like the, the directors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy, the main guy that's in it. Um, uh, it's Kip. Uh, yeah, Kip, yeah. Kip Anderson, I think. Is yeah, that's his name. Yeah, yeah like I, I like his style, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, from a selfish point of view, like it was about leaning up a bit for the triathlon stuff. I was like, yeah, like I, I want to get faster. And um, apparently, you know, like if I follow like this high carb, low fat thing a little bit, like I'm going to lose some weight. And that's definitely been the case. Since going vegan and actually committing to this lifestyle, um, it's a totally different story. Like the the weight, the leanness, like that's all like a, a great like sub benefit from, from, from this sort of way of living. But to know that like when I wake up and when I, when I go about, and you know, like I, I'm sure you obviously you'll identify with this. Like when, when you, when you made the commitment to, to like a vegan plant-based lifestyle, you're eating all of a sudden becomes a lot more conscious, you know? So it's like now when I, when I go out and I, and I have, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever it is, like I know like that I'm not, what I'm, what I'm doing, what I'm putting in my body is not having any harm on, on any sort of other sentient beings or animals or, or the environment out there, you know, and, that, and that's huge, man. That's huge for me to, so since going vegan, as I've been, I've been vegan, I think now for like about 15 or 16 months. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's totally gone from that, like, yeah, like, you know, obviously, you know, the, the animals were a part of it, but it was more sort of about the fitness and losing weight. It's kind of, the, the leaf has turned over to a point where now it's like, yeah, like it is not right to, to, to eat meat. You know, these, these animals are just totally, uh, you know, getting uh, again taken advantage of, you know, and it's, and and I'm and I'm not happy with that, you know. So it's it's awesome for me to know that the way that I live my life, it doesn't now uh, take part in that anymore. For sure, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that there's a lot of people who can probably relate to that. I mean, my my I definitely relate to that. I mean, mm. I I I sort of had this period in my life where I was getting sick a lot and. I was looking for something to, you know, improve my health. I, I was getting strep throat all the time, mm-hmm. and at that point, <clears throat> at that point, it was largely about like, how do I, how do I, you know, looking looking at it from a health point of view. But then, you know, the more you learn about, you know, the environment and what mm-hmm. happens to the animals, it's like, it's not, it's not just a, a diet in the sense of like doing it for losing weight or, yeah, exactly. or whatever, right? The the whole lifestyle comes into play. So yeah, so yeah, I, I totally relate to just not feeling like you're contributing to to that stuff and mm-hmm. i mean um it's you know we're still we still live in a world we can't be perfect but we can try to do our best to like minimize you know why uh min- minimize the the negative effects that our our dietary choices have mm-hmm. um and i think that that's you know it's attractive like veganism can be attractive for for people for that weight loss or for those health reasons but um i think you know you can get the weight loss in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but it's um you know, people stay, I think more so for, for the ethics and, and things Absolutely. like that, you know? So I think it's a case of like the way that I've sort of experienced it is that it's kind of like since going vegan, I've like come out of the, come out of the matrix, you know? And it's like, you start totally. seeing things for how, how it is. And it's like totally. one thing I love about, about, and even though it's like sad to see, but I, one thing that's helped me a lot with it in living in Thailand is it's just on, it's on show, right? The, you know, like the, when, when a pig truck goes past, you know, I can remember like when I, before I went vegan, I would be cycling and I'd be out in the middle of nowhere, like, you know, cycling along. And then all of a sudden you can smell it before you see it, right? Like there's this big truck just comes past. And in Australia, and I'm sure in other countries like Canada, Western countries, you know, they have, um, you know, like 
like you know, like walls up over the over the truck. It's fairly sheltered. Yeah, you can't yeah. see really see what's going on in there. In Thailand, it's completely different. Like you see these pigs, man, and they like, they make eye contact with you, man. For sure, you know, and it's just like, holy shit! Like I that that is happening due to just due to like somebody's dietary choices. You know, like I'm talking like seeing hundreds of pigs, man. Yeah, crammed in this truck. Oh, you see, see, you see them all the time around here. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's just, it's every day when you, if, if you, if you get sort of like, I don't know, 10, 20 Ks out of the city here, it's like, that's what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just sad. It's sad, you know? And, um, so it, that, that, that in itself, that, that experience was also a big, uh, contributor to why I decided to change to a plant. Just, just seeing it, seeing just, it on just, a regular. Just seeing it like how, how, for how it really is, you yeah. know? The only difference between here and there is that here there's they don't have that extra panel of steel that you so you, that you, you can't see it you know so it's mm-hmm. like yeah man for sure mm. yeah and that's that's why um you know you've been to a couple of the the cuba truth events mm-hmm. and that's that's what we try to do there right is we bring that we bring what's happening out by just showing you know footage from animal agriculture and so yeah. so that people can hopefully see that and have that experience because not everybody's going to get out and you know cycle out in the countryside mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people just sort of stay in the city and even, even people who are, you know, driving in their cars or whatever, it's a little bit different when you're actually, you know, you're, you're on a, a bicycle yeah, and you yeah. can actually smell it and like make eye contact with, with, you know, the, the, uh, the pigs or the chickens or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, well, yeah, I got to say, I remember, yeah, when, when we met and when you said that you're like interested in, in the vegan thing that, yeah, that yeah. really, that got me stoked, man. Cause I was like, you know, I'm always, I, I'm always interested you know, to, to talk to, like, I love talking to people about veganism, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, it's like, makes me, it makes me feel so stoked about life when I just meet people who are interested in it. And, um, I mean, what, before that, like you said that there were a few sort of seeds planted along the way, like what were the early sort of, you know, things that, that got you thinking about veganism? Cause you said, you know, for a bit, even before we met, like what were, what were the things I mean, before in Chiang Mai, you said you saw some of the, you know, people riding around and athletes and stuff like that. Yeah. Was, was that your first exposure? Where was your sort of yeah, first? Yeah, I mean, like, um, I've always, I've been blessed in the sense that I've always uh, had quite an open mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I can see things for how they are, you know, some of the time. And in, and in the case of like, uh, of, of veganism versus, you know, eating animals, um, it was quite obvious to me that, um you know, when I first started looking into it, that we didn't have to have to eat like, you know, the flesh of animals in order to, to, to survive mm-hmm. and to thrive. Right. It's just, it is literally, literally comes down to like human, you know, taste basically. Right. So yeah. like they want to enjoy, like people want to enjoy the taste of an animal, you know, like, well, a lot of people don't know that though. A lot no, of people yeah. do think they need oh, they, Yeah, they do that. Yeah, yeah. Of course that, you know, but when you do look into it, exactly. That, that's yeah. the case, you know, and that's, yeah. and that's, and that's where I'm at today is like, yeah, that's like, um, that's, that's, that's facts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because and that and that, I can I've seen that in people like you. I see that in people like me. I see that in all you know all the whole vegan community. All the people that I know that are thriving as vegans and not just you know not just like I say not just surviving but thriving. You know, just mm-hmm. kicking ass as uh, with a vegan you know diet and lifestyle. Um, so the early, in the early days, I don't know. It was it. You know, I, I do believe in like in things happening for a reason. You know, and like uh, there were some, you know, there were some, you know, influences in the early days, like things like uh, you know, just the odd like video that would pop up on Facebook or um, things like what we show at the Cuba Truth, right? Where mm-hmm. where you, it's like click to uncover this video, and then it's, you watch the video, and it's just the reality of what's happening in the slaughterhouse. Um, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, also, the, you know, the pigs were a big one for me. I can remember seeing them. Early, early on, when I first moved to, to Thailand, you know, back 15, when I first started cycling, mm-hmm. I can remember like I uh, I did a really long ride, like 
pretty much straight straight away when I when I first started cycling. I cycled from Chiang Mai to Chiang Rai, and uh, and that many pig trucks passed me. And I can remember, I can consciously remember that like being a moment where I was like, hmm, don't really like the look of that. You know, that's that mm. stinks for starters. And if I'm not enjoying that for the four or five seconds that that truck's going past me, imagine what those those animals are are feeling for the. They're probably going from Chiang Mai to Chiang Rai, which is like a three or four hour drive, right? Um, so that's going to be horrific for them. Um, you know, and like I say, like the, the influence of, of, of some of the, some of the people that are here, like yourself, I'm, I can remember meeting you, you know, that time in velocity and then, you know, creating like a, a good friendship with you since, since that time. And, and just seeing the way that, that you go about things as well. Um, and also, you know, people like Tamo, uh, who's a, who's a local cyclist here. I can remember, um, when I first started cycling, first time I got Strava, someone had tagged me in this, uh, in this, uh, this ride that this guy did that I didn't, I didn't know who he was, you know, and this, I can't, I might get this wrong, but it was something like 500k ride with 10,000 10, meters of elevation. <laughs> um, so he knocked out like the Rafa Festive 500, which is like a, a ride you do between, um, like you, you clock up 500k's between Christmas and New Year's, I think. you get five, So he did that in one ride. This this thing, I think it's called like Royal Rollers, where it's like you get 10,000 10, meters of elevation in one ride. Uh, and I can I can remember like reading this detailed post that he connected to it, and it was just about smashing fruit, you know. It's just like yeah, and I stopped here and I ate like a kilo of this, and and I ate like this much, and I drank this, and it was just completely plant based. And I'm just like, and 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 that thing that he did, that ride, was incredible, you know. And it was just like wow, these people are really kicking ass on on this diet. Um, and I hadn't been exposed to that before. Uh, so, so it was a, a lot of influences, you know, like I, I was definitely influenced by, by a lot of the people that were around me and, and some of the stuff that I were doing as, as well as just figuring it out for myself based on, on what I was seeing. I think that that's, that's definitely something that, uh, there's a new documentary coming out. I don't know if you've, you've heard about it. The, the game changers. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. So that's going to be, I've, it's been in the, it's been in the shoot for like quite a while. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I saw the, I first saw the trailer for it, like. It seems like it's, it was over a year ago, but, uh -huh. um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's a documentary just, just basically it's all about these amazing plant-based athletes, just yeah, yeah. super, super high level performing plant-based athletes. And it's all about that, like the athletic advantages of, of going plant-based, um, you know, and I think that there, there's not really a documentary out there like that, but just based off of like what you're saying about how that can be so inspiring for people to see like that. Like we have the documentaries about health, like for health's uh -huh. sake, we have environment. The, the environment and the ethics, but we don't really have like anything. That's to like, really Hey, this is what, like all of this is really good to take care of, but this is what happens when you make the change. Yeah. And this is what's possible. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and like to the extreme of like yeah. athletic performance, right? Absolutely. Like really, really high level. Because a lot of people, they have, it's the opposite, right? It's like, oh, the vegans, they're skinny, they're, you know, you yeah, can yeah. Blow, blow them over or whatever. Yeah, but like, like hippies that like hang out in parks and, and, yeah. and like, you know, yeah. I mean, like, it's just, it's the stereotype. You know, don't get me wrong, there are, there are vegans out there like that, but there's also vegans that wear suits and go work corporate jobs. There's also vegans that All kinds. do triathlon, you know, it's just like, yeah. it's a, it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, it's it's going to be really really good and really inspiring for people to see like just what's what you can do and I think like that that's a, that's a big reason of why I race like why I do triathlons so mm -hmm. I can show up at races do as well as I possibly and can you, and you kick ass in them as well you know sometimes, yeah, <laughs> sometimes. most of the time <laughs> <laughs> oh man we we uh, we recently went to um, uh, Kanchanaburi to we do did. that was my first half 
yeah, Ironman, yeah. which wasn't really a half because the the bike got shortened. But anyways, yeah. that was that was really super cool. Um, it was. It was awesome fun. And yeah, that was that was great. We went with uh, with Boy and Rob and and uh, Sheldon and Sheldon. Yeah. yeah, that was sick. That was an awesome experience. Yeah, it um, was, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Uh, it was cool because. Um, you know, I can remember like having a chat with you and Robin before, you know, because, uh, you know, all of us, you know, train quite hard and, and mm -hmm. are relatively fast age group triathlete uh, competitors. Yeah. And um, we spoke about sort of being the, the top three on the podium, right? And then, you know, that kind of, that kind Man of happened. Manifested. Manifested, yeah, yeah. Like it was awesome. I can remember, um, it was cool for me because I can remember seeing coming out of the swim and uh you know having a having probably you know like a minute or two on you guys and uh then yeah. you guys just came flying past me and i was like i'm hanging on to jason i can remember just saying that I was like, i'm hanging on to him for this ride you know and uh and it was just cool to, to sort of race that race with you guys you know and be yeah. uh be you know quite close to each other on the uh on the on the run and and um and then be on the podium together right and yeah uh, it's just yeah that's that's what's up that was super fun because I like I didn't really know Rob before we we went on this trip because we all, we all went down together. Um, you know, we flew down, took a uh, we we got like a van out yeah. from Bangkok out to Kanchanaburi. We just about didn't though. <laughs> he was like, a we just arrival. about didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we were waiting on downstairs is the arrivals and upstairs is the departures. And for whatever reason, the the driver was waiting at the yeah. the departures so, <laughs> for a long time. Anyways, uh, but we <laughs> we ended up making it. And so, so I didn't know Rob, but Rob is actually, he competes professionally as a, as a mountain bike racer. Yeah. He? He's a, like a cross country, uh, mountain bike racer professional in, yeah. uh, in Germany. Yeah. Very, very strong cyclist. So I'm, so I'm going into this, I'm thinking like, oh man, like this is going to be tough. This is going to be really tough. Yep. Um, and you said he's a strong swimmer as well, uh -huh. but we did one swim session with him and I, I think he was like a bit, uh, he had just done, he did like a four day, he did the master's tour of Chiang Mai, he right? He did, yeah, he did. So it was right after that. And I was, I was kind of like, I don't know, Shane says he's a really good swimmer, but like, you know, he's kind of you know, mm. didn't have maybe the best day when we did that swim together, but I just, I, I wanted to swim with him. I was like, I just, I'm going to try to swim with him. Like I wanted to swim with you too, but then you just took off way too mm. fast. And then, uh, yeah, coming out, coming out of the water, I remember, uh, he was behind me a little bit, but then out of transition, he just like, yeah, he can ride a bike. Yeah. He took he way off. And we, we were with him for, I don't know, 10 minutes. Yeah. Or I think I could remember like screaming at you like, don't lose him. Don't yeah. lose him. Yeah. yeah. And then he was off. Um, but I want to know, like, because your swim, you you said before, right? How yeah. when you were getting into try, you got into. I think was it was it, it was running first, yeah? Uh, no, it was cycling. Sorry, cycling. So I'll, t I'll talk a little bit about like the cycling because that. Yeah. Um, I just I remember you said that you. Or I saw a post or something where you said that you, you used you got into running to, to quit smoking. Is exactly. That, is yeah, that? yeah, yeah. So so. I was in rehab in, uh, you know, I, I, I had a, a really bad addiction problem for mm -hmm. a few years. We'll, um, we'll talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, but for the cycling, if you wanted to just. Yeah. yeah. So, so the running came first, right? Yeah. Like I, running, oh, it did. Okay. running was a way for me to quit smoking. Mm -hmm. It okay. wasn't, a, it wasn't a hobby. It wasn't like a, I wasn't interested in it, but it was just a really great way for me to, every time I felt like a cigarette, right. I would either drink a glass of water or if you know if, if if the timing was right and, and it was possible for me to like go for a run, I would go for a run, right? Um, and it was really great using those those sort of tactics as well as you know positive affirmations and that kind of stuff. And this was when I was in treatment, I was able to kick cigarettes. Mm -hmm. um, when I moved on from 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 treatment into like a sober house, like a secondary care facility, um, there was a guy that ran it named Marcel, legend of a guy. He's like uh, you know he's, I think he's about six. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he just turned sixty, I think. Uh, Swiss guy, you know, just uh, biggest heart you've ever, you know, you've ever come across full of love, 
amazing guy, massive mentor for me, you know, really special person in my life. And he he's a cyclist. Mm. And he would always say, come on, Shane, you need to come for a ride with us. You know, like, that's my best sort of Swiss uh, <laughs> Swiss accent. And uh, and and yeah, I'd be like, nah, you know, like I, I'm not really into, into it. Like I don't really want to wear that stuff. You know, I don't really want to <laughs> ride a bike. Yeah. And he's like, no, you need to come. So I committed and I went for a ride with him. And we rode from Chiang Mai to Lampoon and back. Oh, nice. So it was like an 80k bike ride, the first time I've, I've ever like done your first, a, your first ride. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so I'm there, like I'm, I'm wearing like Nike trainers and Adidas shorts because God forbid I'd put a pair of bib shorts on, you know. And uh, and we rocked it out. And I got back and I was like, you know what? That was that was pretty cool. Like I quite enjoyed that. And um, so that's where it started. That's where the cycling started. And as I sort of shared before, you know, then those guys had the idea that we should do a triathlon yeah. and blah 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 blah. But you didn't have the swimming back. <laughs> but, no. but you're from Australia, so I mean, yeah, I know. So it was really against the grain for me. Like I can remember okay. as a kid, like you, you know, weren't really, you weren't really going with. Oh, like no. so, so like I don't know if you have this in Canada. You probably do, but like mandatory swim lessons, right? Well, I mean, I I don't think we do now. Okay, so I, <laughs> the thing, that's what I mean. Like in Australia, swimming is like. I yeah, mean, yeah. everybody swims. Most kind of. Australians are impression. like fish, man. You know, I can yeah. remember as a kid, like losing a lot of self-esteem over that shit <laughs> because, okay. like, like I, I'll tell you, like this story. Like, I, I, don't, I forget. I don't know how they graded these days, but back then it was like one, two, three, four. Those were the, like the, the, the groups you were in. Yeah. And I can remember being in like year two or year three, and I'd mo- I'd got into like the third grade, which is when you start like bubble, bubble blowing and all that kind of serious stuff. Serious, and, uh, stuff, yeah, man. <laughs> you know, and like and my sister's two years younger than me. You know, so yeah. she was like in year one, so like. Grade three is a pretty good, a pretty good, you know, grade to be in, to be in level three. Mm-hmm. I failed it the first time, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, all right, so I'll go next year. And then, you know, slowly but surely my sister caught me, you know, and by this stage, I'm like, I'm like in year five, still in like group three and like, you know, all my, all my peers and stuff are like up in six and seven and learning how to do like breaststroke and this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. bilateral breathing, which is something I still can't do. Mm. And um, really, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So and you always breathe to the to the left, left. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then my sister overtook me, and I can remember getting that certificate back, and I'd failed again, and I just had a tantrum, man, and I just like ripped that that shit up in front of my mum, and I was like, I'm not doing swimming lessons anymore. Wow. And uh, so yeah, swimming did not come naturally to me at all. Um, and uh, so what, what 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 were you feeling when I mean you you sort of got into running, getting into to cycling. Mm-hmm. People are throwing out these ideas to do a triathlon. Uh-huh. And then you sort of have to confront this, like yeah, this like previous, like a small T trauma, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and it happened again. So we're at the pool, and like I'm with a bunch of people who I was living with in this sober living place, and uh, and they're all they're all of a sudden like they're learning how to swim, mm-hmm. and um, they got swimming swimming lessons from teachers, and and we all sort of started at the same level, apart from one guy who was quite good, and. Um, and then and they all took off on me you know and uh but for me it was just like uh for the like i didn't want to quit i didn't want to quit swimming i didn't i i i wanted to do with this triathlon which was a 1.5k swim and in order to do that you need to be able to swim 1.5 kilometers straight right Mm -hmm. at the smallest distance and um and so i just kept i kept pushing at it and i I was swimming today and i was thinking about it actually today i did a session where i had like my legs tied together Mm -hmm. and um and i had a pool boy and, and paddles on so it was like a strength based session and I was swimming fa- way faster repeats than what I used to swim, like my hundred meters, just t- totally, you know, un- unaided, mm-hmm. um, or un, you know, no, no toys, not no sort of handicaps. And it was just like, wow, you know, like if you put the 
the effort and the energy into something, you know, like, and it's, it's been a, it's been a story that's could have come, come into my life time and time again. If you, if you put the energy and if you put the effort into something and you're willing to see it through, like you will get there, you know, and that's what happened with my swimming. It was like, I can remember when I did my first 1.5 K swim, I've actually got an archived Instagram post where I've written a blog about it on sort of like at the bottom of one of my posts and, um, amazing feeling. Mm. I think it took me like, uh, like close to an hour, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little bit longer, sort of around at the hour mark and all, all the all my sort of peers that I was with had to wait for me and stuff like that, you know, and and it was just like, you know what, like I just found 1.5K and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Got it done. Yeah, man. And then, you know, from there, that, that sort of the swimming stuff. I never got uh, lessons here. I just sort of... Um, yeah, I was going to ask, you've never... I mean, how did you... I mean, I guess you would have had sort of a, a foundation from the stuff that they told you when you were a kid. Yeah. I mean, you could probably remember some of that stuff, mm-hmm. but you didn't work. I mean, recently, like in this recent development to do the triathlon, you, yeah. you didn't reach out to get a coach or like, no. did, you just, did you maybe watch some videos online or anything like that? Not really, man. To no. be honest, I just got in the pool, you know, and, um, and because, you know, cycling, I loved, love still. Mm-hmm. Running was also difficult for me because as you mentioned, like I had a bit of extra sort of like, I was quite stocky, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm- um, uh, I'm like, like five foot nine, so not super tall, but I was kind of like you know, a little brick sort of thing walking around. So running was difficult too, because whenever I'd start, you know, my heart rate would get super high. Mm-hmm. Um, but swimming, I didn't enjoy. I did not enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I would, you know, I had I had a triathlon, I have a triathlon coach, and uh, and I was working with the previous coach of this one, and uh, and you know, he motivated me just to get in the pool. It's just like you know, like you need to get, you need to just get in the pool. Um. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I guess I kind of found a way for me to swim, you know, and then I found a way for me to swim a little bit faster and a little bit faster and a bit more efficient. And then um, recently I actually had my first swim analysis done. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, I did with, uh, with my current triathlon coach when I was in Bangkok, uh, oh. sort of around August. So, and, and what, what did that consist of? He pl- placed like a bunch of cameras in a pool as well as like overhead um, GoPro stuff and and um, and basically he analyzed my swim, gave me a bunch of tips um, and compiled it into a video where he kind of voiced over. And as I was swimming, he's like, see what you're doing here, see what you're doing here, blah, 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 this and that. And I've now I've, I've put that energy and not that energy, that those, 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 those tips, yeah. yeah, like into my swimming, which has taken my energy because I am not the kind of person when I first started swimming, swimming lessons wouldn't have, have I, 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 don't, I wouldn't have had the patience for it. That's just the truth. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get in there. It was hard enough for me to get to the pool, let alone to, I don't know, to, to, to watch a YouTube video or, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It was just, it was super hard for me to, to, show up to get and, up in and get in there. So yeah. just getting in there and getting it done was okay. Cause mm-hmm. I, I didn't necessarily see myself as like a competitive age group triathlete back then. I just wanted to get mm-hmm. the swim done. How, how did he, when you, when you got your swim analysis done as it was and in, in the analysis, when you, when you went in there, how, how did, like, did he say, oh, your, your stroke is terrible or your stroke is actually all right? I mean, how was it? He was like, um, he was quite impressed with how my swimming, uh, progress had happened quite quickly. Yeah. He, uh, when I took him on as my coach, he went over like all my results and saw my swim times and how that inc- increased quite significantly, um, since, yeah since I raced that race in 2017, that Bang Sam one we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he gave me a lot of tips. I've been working on this like high catch thing, which is super hard where you like your elbows like high in the water and you kind of catch and pull through and like 
I don't know, like I, I can't really even do it out of the pool, let alone in the pool. Yeah, it's quite difficult to do. Uh, as well as like just little things like um, he noticed that I look forward a lot when I'm swimming. So it's mm -hmm. like you do realize that the, the T on the, at the end of the line is, is to let you know that you're at the end of the pool, right? And I already know that the pool, the end of the pool is coming when I'm like 30 meters away from it previously to this. Yeah. So, you know, those kind of things. And since doing that, since keeping my head sort of like down and, and he said, imagine like there's a ping pong ball in that like you're holding a ping pong ball to your chest with your chin. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like since, since doing that, like I've, I've gained a few seconds per hundred meters. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, man, I feel like your your swimming's definitely improved a lot. I yeah. remember we we used to do we used to do some swims together, and like your your speed is definitely mm. going yeah going in the right direction, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, it feels good, and I now enjoy it. Now I enjoy it. You know, like I, I get into the pool is not uh, is not a difficult thing for me mm -hmm. um, because it aids recovery as well. You know, like when I when I've had a, uh, lately, I've been training quite a lot, and I've been feeling quite fatigued, and mm -hmm. I'm almost like hanging to get into the pool. You know, because I know oh, it's really? going to shake out that that fatigue, and yeah. and especially like if, if if I travel, like I do travel quite often, and um mm -hmm. and getting in a pool uh, at at the destination, you know, kind of it's a good like way to recalibrate. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I I always feel best like after 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 a ride, I feel I feel good. You know, I, I mean, after doing a ride or a run, you know, you feel it's not the same as after a swim. After mm -hmm. a swim, you feel so like rejuvenated. Absolutely. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. There's something about it. Yeah. I feel just, like I feel like it makes you hungrier too. Do you find that? Absolutely. Yeah. After a swim, I get hungry for sure. Yeah. Um, not what it is about swimming, but. I think yeah. it's just something about being like, there's very little like uh, intensity and pressure on the body. Mm. Um, you know, when you're running, it's like bang, bang, bang. When you're cycling, it's like you're really pushing out, out mm -hmm. those watts. Um, mm -hmm. But when you're, when you're swimming, it's just like you're, you're in water. You know, and I think that that has a way of refreshing you and mm -hmm. stre stretching you out. And definitely, like I said, when when I when I travel and I go somewhere, get it, once I get in the pool, reset, yeah. reset. It's really good for jet lag as well. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about your younger years, formative sure. years. Let's take it back because yeah, yeah we've alluded to some uh, you know some uh -huh. substance abuse. Uh -huh that has happened in your past and tell me a little bit about, you know, your life, you know, your childhood growing up and maybe where, where did things sort of start to lead into, you know, abusing, abusing some of these, uh, these drugs that you've, that you've yeah. had history with. Sure, man. So, um, yeah, like I, there's nothing, there's nothing major to report about the childhood, you know, like things were pretty good, mm -hmm. you know, like I, um, I have an amazing mom, I have an amazing dad and, and uh, you know they they both like tried to give me and my sister the best life possible. We went to great schools growing up, albeit I went to a lot of schools because I wasn't the best student. You know, like I um yeah, like I went to a lot of private schools, and and it was just based on like my 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 mom and my dad just wanted wanted us to have a good education. You know, and um and yeah i just i just didn't i wasn't i wasn't on board with it school school was hard for me I, I found it really difficult to concentrate i found it really difficult to um even like socialize man you know i felt a bit like an outcast you know and uh and yeah like that i always felt a bit like a square peg in a round hole growing up that's mm -hmm. that's the best way i can describe it um did you have things that you'd rather be doing than, than going to school or was it just the kind of like i can remember like i um like maybe sort of like years nine and 10, like when I really started like giving up on, on the idea of school, like when I would like be wagging school a lot. All I would do is I like watch daytime television. 
Mm. And, I, and that would that was that's depressing. Like you ever watched Oprah every day, like at midday for like a, like two or three weeks in a row? Like it's not it's not really that fun, you know. And I and I would rather be doing other things. Mm-hmm. But that's what I would do when I didn't go to school. Was just hang out at home, do nothing really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a very like there was a lack of a lack of drive, I suppose. You know, like I would always, I would always kind of have a bright spark. That's that's definitely been my my um my history. Is like if if something came up, like let's, for instance, like a, an idea at school, or or like if I had an idea that for what I wanted to do with my with myself or what I wanted to study or whatever it was. I would like go into it at a hundred miles an hour and just fizzle out halfway through. Mm. You know, that's definitely been been my history. Mm-hmm. Um and and um but yeah, as far as like growing up goes, like that that it was all sort of like there was something, I guess, and that's why I know about addiction now, having sort of been through it and being in recovery, it's like it's often present before the drugs are ever involved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that dis ease. It's the it's not feeling comfortable. Um and then when I found drugs, which was which was actually quite quite late compared to some of my friends that were using and stuff like that, I can remember like getting high the first time. Um, it to, I think it was two thousand and eleven or two thousand and twelve, um, and I can remember thinking like, "That's it." Like like smoking weed or with uh, no like with with hard drugs. Hard drugs, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I'd been stoned a couple times, but weed wasn't really my thing. Yeah, to be honest, um, the place where I grew up. You know, a lot of people smoked weed, like just like anywhere, really. But um, but kind of like ice, you know, meth. Meth was a big thing, you know, mm. and uh, and I got pretty caught up in that. Um, at what age? At around sort of like nineteen, twenty. Okay. Yeah. So kind of like, like I'd had, I definitely gam- gambling was huge for me. I definitely had uh like some some gambling issues for sure, as well as like you know some alcohol stuff. But just every everyone that I was hanging out with partied like an animal, you know, like weekend fights and. And getting so waste, who could get the most wasted, all that kind of stuff. That that was just the norm for 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 the kind of crowd that I hung out with, you know. Gambling definitely had me, you know. Like I can remember when I was like eighteen or nineteen, you know, only a couple of years after, like when you're in Australia, eighteen is a legal age to gamble. Um, yeah, like I, uh, I, I got self exclusion from the casino, which is like when you go into the responsible gambling center and sign paperwork and blah blah blah, this and that, and it was like a big deal, right? Because I'd lost tons of money. Cause I had a great job. I used to work offshore, oil and gas construction, like like high high income job, especially for like somebody that's in their late teens. And mm-hmm. I would just gamble it away. Mm. I would just get back from my swing. I would like you know act like a baller. You know act like I had even more money than what I did have, and just and just gamble it away. Mm. You know, um, gambling was huge. So that definitely the addiction was 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 there. Uh, you know, long before the drugs came along. But I first yeah, like I said, I first picked up. Sort of later on, sort of nineteen, nineteen, twenty. So when you were in when you were in high school, you weren't yeah. that in, you weren't obviously like you said you weren't that into school. You weren't yeah. Like, you were you know skip skipping class and stuff like that. But you weren't using hard drugs at least yet. No, well, I wasn't using any drugs. Any drugs? No. So you were clean through high school. Clean through high school. Yeah. Um, I was kind of scared of drugs to be honest. You know, I guess that fear had been put into me growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was scared of them. Um, yeah, I never, I never used, I never used. I definitely had outlets though, you know, like f- innocent ones like skateboarding. Like I was an avid skateboarder growing up until mm-hmm. I had a really bad, I had a really bad crash when I was like 13 years old where I had like brain hemorrhages and really, really hectic. Um, so that kind of the skateboarding fizzled out after that. And then it was like other things, like I started hanging out with the wrong crowd and got into graffiti and that kind of stuff. And that was kind of a big thing in the, in Rockingham, Western Australia, where I, where I grew up at the time. And 
And um, and then you know I got in trouble for that. You know, I had a lot of police trouble in my in my sort of juvenile days and in my sort of early adulthood. Um, yeah, lots and lots of lots of time wasted at court. I was the kind of person that that would get you know like I had friends that had done super bad stuff but never got in trouble. But if I'd like jaywalked or something like that, I would get done. That's just the way. That's just my the, my my luck was. You know, you're always getting caught. I was always getting caught. Always getting caught. And um, and yeah, so like so much money, so much time, so much energy waste and so much pain, so much pain for me and for like family, right? Because negative behaviors don't just have negative consequences on, on the individual that sort of acted that way. It's, uh, it's also, um, it's a ripple effect through families, you know, and that's, and that's what I see true, not just with addiction, obviously it's huge with addiction, but also with anyone that's sort of behaving in a way that's, 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 you know, detrimental. So you're, so you had your outlets throughout high school, yep. misbehaving, getting caught. Uh-huh. And then it was, it's, you said ni- around 19 or 20. So that would be pretty much just when you're getting out of, you've gone out of high school. Left high school when I was like 15, 16. Oh, oh you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, didn't, you didn't, you didn't graduate? I didn't graduate. Okay. No, no. And um, so what did you do with your time? Just not much. <laughs> gra- graffiti and skateboarding? Yeah, man, basically and, like I, uh, yeah. I, I had like, you know, like I say, like my family was, uh, you know, very, very, um, they wanted me to do well, so a lot of job opportunities. You know, I worked in, um, in you know, my stepdad's supermarket and that kind of stuff, and and did a lot of that stuff, and and also, um, but never, never for longer than like a month or two. Mm. I just didn't have the energy for it. You know, like I, I don't have the energy. I didn't have the will. I didn't want to work. I just wanted to. I don't know. I, 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 I wasn't in a good headspace. Mm-hmm. I guess looking back now, you know, from with where I'm at today, like I look back on on those uh, on those times, and I have a lot of com- compassion and. And I guess pity for that for that young guy, you know, like, um, cause, yeah, like, there's an easier way. There's an easier way to do things than than to live life that way. Um, mm. and then you know that that sort of those stages sort of led one thing after the other, and I and I ended up you know picking up picking up hard drugs straight off the bat, straight off the bat, getting getting uh getting high on some pretty hard stuff. When did you when did you start working on the the oil rigs? Uh, I got my first job offshore when I was eighteen. Okay. So dad, dad worked in that field. He helped me out, got me a job. Um, kind of let him down, to be honest. You know, like I, um, I, yeah, like I, I would go out. I would work. You know, like I was, I, I would work alright. But then, a couple of times, like again, like you know, in trouble with like police and stuff like that, and I had to kind of come back and and face that stuff and miss work and and then when I combined addiction, like my drug use with with offshore work, I would kind of like come back after three weeks of work. And then go into like three weeks of party. Mm-hmm. Well, not, let's not even call it that because that just kind of takes the edge of it. And it wasn't partying; it was like suffering, right? It was, it was, it was disgusting. Were you using when you were on the? No, or- no, I would never. I would gamble yeah. online, but I would, ne- I would never use out there. Okay. Um, Is that a conscious choice or like just you couldn't? You just find couldn't a way do, it. To do it. You couldn't do it. I mean, yeah. some you know you hear of the odd guy that would like inject a, an orange with vodka and eat it or something like that. You know, like because yeah. it's, it's it's completely total ban out there. No drinking, no alcohol, right? No no drugs. And if you got caught, you like you don't want to lose a job like that, right? Um, so yeah. So but then I would come back after those three weeks, and it would just be on. It would just be on binging, just on. just every day, yeah. every day. What so what was the tell us like the first experience you had with I mean so you, so you didn't really use I mean the a lot of people say that marijuana is like that gateway, gateway drug, drug yeah, right yeah. so did none of that or was it just no straight I think to, to be honest well, you yeah think you said you, you got high a couple of times or yeah whatever, I got but, stoned a couple of times but, but most of the time to be truly honest Jason just to put it out there it was like it was um it was it was all it was all to fit in man mm. you know it was like 
um, the people the, the people who I was hanging out with and the people who I, who I consider really good friends and the people who I wanted to keep considering really good friends started doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's what happens is, is when you're around it enough, you become desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll see that, you see that a lot, especially with, you know, like, you know, even families, um, families of people that are suffering from addiction. Eventually, you know, when they first hear about it, it's a massive deal. But over time, you know, sadly, things, you can just become desensitized. And that was definitely my case. Like I would always say no, always say no. And eventually I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's give it a go. And I can remember the first time vividly, I remember, and I often talk about it in, uh, you know, when I, when I speak about, you know, my story, when I, when I share with, with other people, earlier recovery and that kind of stuff, it's, I can remember taking that hit and looking at the implement that I'd used to sort of get high. And I can remember thinking like, this is going to cause me a lot of problems because it was like the question that like I've been asking my whole life was just to answer without even knowing that I was asking the question. Mm. I felt like, uh, I felt okay. Like I felt comfortable like for the first time in what felt like forever, I was able just to be like, ah, oh, you know, mm. and, and conversations were awesome. And it was like synthetic spirituality, you know, it was just like, I could talk to someone for hours and hours and hours about something, someone who I didn't even know, you know, and the next day I was like, what the fuck was I talking to that guy about last night? You know, mm. it's, it's a, uh, it's a, yeah, it was. And that, that's the first time you used ice. Ice. Yeah. 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 Big, big epidemic in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I mean, we don't, I mean, to my knowledge, I mean, that, that was not really something that is, uh, like there's there's not a lot of that in in toronto as far as i know like where i grew up i never was really exposed to it or i i never really knew i mean Uh i might have heard of the odd person or whatever but i have heard that yeah australia it's like a big huge i mean it's sad because you know so it's like i say it's so like normalized now that kids are having their first pipe instead of you know like their first drink or their first bong or whatever it is you know i mean don't get me wrong i haven't lived in australia for like over three years now so maybe things have changed a bit but definitely in those days um it was like that you know like it was like everyone was using not what, everyone but like, what what is the effect like like that first time that you got high uh-huh. with with ice i mean what like could you describe like the feeling what is the feeling like it's it's hard to explain man you know like i don't really want to sh- like you know like go too much into detail about yeah. it just in case anybody that listens to this is is, is in early recovery and i don't want to trigger anybody right. you know but sure. like um yeah it's 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 like you just pretty much supercharges you, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. you're just awake, man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you, like you said, it it's not like LSD or like ecstasy where like you go on some trip or in, in some euphoric sort of land, like you, you're, you're like aware, mm-hmm. you know, at least in, at least in the first, in the first like few months, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know? Um, and you said, you said that immediately you knew I did. Yeah. This is gonna I be- was like, okay. Like this is why everyone's doing this thing. Uh-huh. But I thought I was different as well. Like everybody does when they first when they first get high. And anyone anyone that's an addict, no one picks up a drug, no matter what the drug is, and says oh, I'm going to be an addict after this. Mm-hmm. Everybody has some sort of rationalization or some sort of denial on that first try that they think they get, that they're special and different. Right. Always. And I was. And I'm no different. I definitely thought, all right, all these guys around me like I messed up, but. I'm not going to get messed up because I've got a job, because I've got good family, because I've got money, because I've got a car, because blah, 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 all this shit, you know? Uh, and, and the case was that, you know, I was just like everybody else. So you were, you were sort of rationalizing to yourself that you could, you could start using this, this uh, substance and, and like remain using it or did, or did you, the first time that you tried it, you're saying, I'm, I'm just experimenting. Like what was the, what uh, was I, can, the- I, I was just like, um, I was just like, yeah, like I'll do it once. 
Yeah. I'll do it, I'll do it once, mm-hmm. you know? And then um and then the next time it was like I'll do it twice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And how quickly did that uh sort it of escalates snowball. quite quickly, you yeah. know? Like um I remember it started out like it was like I'll only do it on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And then it was like I'll only do it on a Friday and a Saturday night. And then it was like, I'll only do it on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And then it was like, oh, there's this thing called Newport Wednesdays or there was this thing. I don't know if it's still there in, in Fremantle in Western Australia. It's like, okay, we'll do it on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And if, if you know, whatever happens on Saturday happens on Saturday and <laughs> crazy bad. On and on. And yeah. then eventually it's like, because what happens is it's like my experience was that like in the first case, like you live and, and you use, you mm. know. So living is still a thing. And then the second stage is like you use – and you live so like the using becomes a priority which is definitely my experience and then uh so it's like live and use use and live and then it's uh live to use was the next stage 100 and then the last stage is use to live mm. you know those four sort of stepping stepping stones mm-hmm. that was my experience by the end of it i was primitive jason totally primitive like i um i my life was i would wake up and if if i if i could get food into my body before I found drugs, that was a bonus, you know, totally malnourished, totally, uh, yeah, like I had serious, serious, like, uh, you know, issues with like my dental, my dental health and, and, um, and, and my, I was just, I looked like, I, I looked like I had some, a terminal illness, um, but still like somehow like the rationalization kept me using, you know, the disease of addiction, you know, which, which, you know, that's a fact, it's a disease, it's, it's, it's uh it's it's uh, it's knowledge now in, in in you know the american american medicine i forget what what it is but yeah like it's it's yeah it's a, it's a disease addiction is a disease mm-hmm. um and when i got to the end stages of, of that of of you know of addiction you know like my life was just about using drugs what what were what were you doing i mean outside of using drugs i mean you were sleeping but Pretty much it. But you're still working on the. No, the no, oil I lost or? that job. I lost yeah. that job well before that because, because of, of drugs. You, oh, okay. Uh, and that was sad because um, because you know my my dad was like a, um was the was the boss on that job. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I would like rock up to work after after three weeks of just mayhem, mayhem. You know, and people actually thought that I would I was into like running or something due to the amount of weight that I'd lost from them seeing me when I'd last left the the barge to coming back on. Sad. And as I say, like I feel it. I feel. I feel sorry for that version of myself that that was doing that stuff, you know, that that kid, you know, that didn't know that there was a way out. Um, whilst also taking responsibility for, for that stuff as well. Um, you know, and dad had to let me go. He had to say to me like, you know what, like, you're just not pulling your weight. And that, that must've been super hard for him. You know, that must've been super hard for him to do to-, um, to Did he know what you were into? Yeah, totally. I lived I lived on his property um, at the time. I'd always house jumped, I got kicked out of numerous houses, kicked out of mum's house. I got kicked out of like a friend's house, you know. Um, and thank thank God that these people did this, you know, because it helped me hit my rock bottom. If I had been given like you know places to stay and 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 a free reign without severe consequences, who knows where? Oh, definitely, oh, who knows about definitely? But maybe I wouldn't be sitting here today chatting to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, dad dad kind of knew what was going on. Um, it, it that was about November. I think 2014, sort of like October 2014, I lost that job. So I had this like this addiction that was based on earning this kind of money, you know. And um, and then all you're of a sudden, still, you're still gambling as well. Gambling online, yeah. yeah. I used to gamble on this thing. It's not around anymore, but yeah, this you used to be able to go to like the petrol station and get like a um, like you know, you used to, be able to get like prepaid phone credit on a slip. Do you get that in Canada? Uh, I think you can get it here in Thailand. Yeah. So like yeah. 
in Oz, you you could you could get like basically you go there, you go there, like can I get a twenty nine dollar like Vodafone deal, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But you could also buy this stuff called UCash, which was like stuff you could upload onto um onto your gambling account. And I would just go there, you, get high, get UCash, get high, get UCash, because I'd already banned myself from the casino, and I I tried to get in there since banning myself two times and they said the next time that you come here we're charging you trespassing you you banned yourself because you knew you had a problem absolutely and and then you're still trying to my rock bottom came to a pinnacle at the casino but i wasn't so like in tell, tell us yeah so that, let right? me tell you about this story so like it's because this is when it so like i said i'd had this this addiction that was totally based on on earning this kind of money which was great money great money spent it all on on drugs and um I started doing really bad stuff in order to to um to to use like I like I like I had to use basically you know like and when I say had to I don't mean that in a way that takes responsibility away from the behaviors because I take full responsibility for my actions um but basically what I'm saying is that like when you don't have money and you need to get like drugs you do bad stuff and that's basically what I started doing and and what happened on on, on that weekend was was I um uh, I I ripped off a really good friend, you know, who uh, who who used as well, but you know, we had a good a good amount of history before the drugs, and and I lied to him, and and uh, it all kind of came to a catalyst. I was sitting in a hotel room at the casino, gambling on my phone, not being able to walk three hundred meters to the casino with a stolen credit card. Um losing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of somebody else's money. You, so you stole that, that friend I stole a family member's credit card. Okay. And and I ripped off that guy as well. So like, it wasn't cool, man. Mm. It was a really bad situation. Yeah. Um, and I, I throughout all of it, like there was, I don't know, like this, this, I'm a big believer in spirituality. Like you would know that now, haven't, you know, we're good friends. Um, and, and now, nowadays, like, I feel like that flame is like alive in me, right? Like I'm, I'm living like, my best life, you know, and like life's pretty good and, and I'm super grateful, you know, to be to be living the way I do today. But back in those days when I was like a gremlin doing doing drugs every day and 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 totally, you know, like ruining my life and the lives of those that cared about me, still throughout that process there was that tiny flicker of 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 light, that tiny flame, you know, like a little pilot light of spirituality inside me that that sort of um how can we call it? Like a uh like a compass, you know, like a, yeah, like a compass. That's a, that's a good way to put it. They still told me when I was doing right and wrong. And I can remember just the pain was heaps, man. The pain was heaps. No one, was, and, I, and I was powerless. I couldn't help but press that next button, you know, like upload that money, gamble that, you know, spin that wheel, do that, do that line or smoke that pipe, whatever it is. Like I was powerless, man. And got, that, I, that was your program, right? That's what you that's, were. That's it, man. It was totally like that, you know, yeah. like I, and the hardest part about getting clean was admitting that like I had no power over that because it's hard for me. It was hard for me to admit it because once you do that, you finally realize you, by admitting you, like you're powerless over like, um, over that stuff, like you, you realize, you know what? Like, yeah, like I had no control over it at all, which is hard to admit for some, for, especially for like a selfish, like arrogant addict that thinks that he's got it all under control. So you're, so you're in the hotel room, uh-huh. you're, you got the stolen credit card, You've got your your drugs, and you're at this casino that you've banned yourself from. Yep. And you've got this, at the hotel next to it, yeah. And, and you've got this little uh, this little compass inside of you. It's that's, like, yeah, man. What is like? What is going on, man? You know, yeah. I I I I can remember like I couldn't look at like old family photos, man, of me, because it would make me cry. 
when like, I was using. Yeah. You know, because it was like, I'm not that person. So you mean you mean now you can't look at those? Now problems. I can. Now okay. I can look at I'm talking about when I was like that 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 person like suffering massively from addiction. Yeah. Um like I uh, I guess what I'm saying is like looking I, back at your former looking back, self you know, like yeah, like that. when I was a kid. Okay, yeah. You know, it's like wow, what happened? This phase is that's, I, that's now lasted like three or four years is like it's not phase. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, thank God that I uh, that I that I hit rock bottom that that time and, and managed to get to get my ass into gear and and seek some help. So it was this sort of awakening of um, you know this this uh, this realization that that you know your your life is in a place where you you don't want it to be. You've you've obviously done some things that you know are wrong. And yeah, then, a lot of things. And yeah. then so so then what what happens? I mean, when you come out of that hotel room, I mean, what was well, there, what, I, were there decisions made right then and there, or how? Like what 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 changed at that? Like when you say you hit bottom. Yeah, yeah. What is that? I I just like knew that I'd gone too far basically, yeah. and I went home and I, um, I can remember like speaking to my mom, and I was just like, who who was like involved in the process? You know, like she was she's like I kind of see my mom as like my guardian angel. She has been there throughout everything and has had my back, um, you know, throughout the whole process and it's helped me out a lot. So I was kind of open with her and I kind of said, you know, this is where I'm at. And um, she was pissed off and of course she was, you know, and like, um, how much did she know about what was going on? A lot. Yeah. 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 She, but she, you told her everything at yeah, this point. And yeah. She, she, like, again, like going back to that sort of desensitivity, you know, that she'd been exposed to it so much through me, like that, um, that it was, it was like I, I explained I explained to her you know like often often you know she'd ask me like you know and and she, she just she was just she just cares she just cared a lot about me you know um and she still does obviously you know um but back then it was it was different it was hard for her um so I explained to her everything that that had happened and I said well you know what like I want to I think I want to get some help mm. um whether or not I wanted to get clean at that stage I'm not sure I think I just wanted to help to get out of that situation that I got myself in Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew that I'd I'd really gone far down 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 the rabbit hole with that specific weekend and the, the build up to it, um, yeah, and then and then I I kind of next thing you know like I was I was on a plane to Thailand. Mm. I imagine I imagine it's hard um, when you're when you sort of reach a bottom like that and you're still so deep in you know, the substance abuse yeah. that is basically, like you said, you're, you're using to live, right? Yeah, absolutely. I imagine that it's difficult to even try to think about getting off of all of those drugs, like to actually think about that because it's, I mean, it's just, you're so dependent on them. You know yeah, what I like mean? My, like I, I feel like, am I, am I wrong in thinking like, you know that you want to change, but yeah. you're not at that stage ready to sort of really fully, um, think about what that entails. Does that make sense? Is absolutely, that sort of, yeah, 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 totally. Like I, um, I knew that I wanted to stop doing that particular drug mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to be able to drink. I wanted to be able to take party drugs and just do like what normal people do. Right. Like normal people. Mm-hmm. What my idea of a normal person was then, um, you know, go out on the weekends and be able to go into a nightclub without getting totally paranoid leaving 10 minutes later mm-hmm. or be able to have like a, uh, a conversation with somebody kind of like what we're having right now, like a conscious conversation where I'm not stuttering or, 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 or trying to suss the person out or, or, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I knew I wanted that, but I didn't, for me, it's been, it's been complete abstinence. Mm-hmm. That's been my, my process, you know? And, and that was not an idea that I was open to. I see. I see. So, so you said, 
you said to your mom, I think I want to get help. Uh -huh. You get on a plane to Thailand yep. and you stayed, was it the cabin? Yeah, I went to treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. how did that, how, what, talk us through like how that all like played out for you did it yeah it was a good experience man you know yeah. like tra treatment days are, are like so i can't i don't know the way that i kind of <laughs> the way that i kind of uh experienced it man it's like i don't know like you know like when hagrid comes to to harry potter and he's like you know you need to come to this this wizard school <laughs> like that's <laughs> kind of like what treatment was like for me eh? like i um I, I rocked up to this magical place i'd never been to thailand before and um there were all these people like me and there were these like you know counselors and, and like uh and they kind of had the answers yeah you know and like every single thing i put out was disputed with absolute truth and it was amazing <laughs> and it was like defense against the dark arts you know yeah and uh I've, i don't know it was a spin out i was i'd gone from being like you know young australian dude who hangs out with young australian dudes in this little microcosm of society in, in 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 western australia where i grew up next thing you know i was put in this like melting pot of like people that um there were like people from like Southeast Asia, people from the UK, people that had loads of money, people that had little money, people that had amazing jobs, people that had no jobs, people that famous people, people that, you know, just sports people, tons of people in one community. And it was like, wow. Like, and it, I guess like one thing I got from that, obviously apart from like getting clean and like getting my life together was I learned how to like, uh, how to you know, help, help me, help me grow into being like a man. You know, like um, through through hanging out with other with other people and having mentors as well. You know, um, it was a, it was a process. It was a trip. It's hard to sort of articulate because it's hard to explain unless you've been through the process. But for those who who have been through treatment, you know, if if people that might be listening to this, they know what I'm talking about. Mm. It was every day was like a revelation. Every day there was an awakening of some some sort. All of a sudden, like you know, I'd, I'd walk past a mirror and I'd be like, "Well, who's he? Looks different. That's me." You know, mm. went and got like, you know, like dental work done that I needed to get done when, you know, eating three meals a day, like sleeping every night. Do you know, like, dude, like it's hard to sort of, I know it might not make heaps of sense to somebody that hasn't been through that process hundred percent like this, but like sleeping every night in the beginning was incredible. I can remember like getting my 30 day, I do like 12 step stuff. So I got like a little key tag and it's like 30 days and I was like, yeah, I slept 30 nights in a row, mm. you know, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, definitely a journey. Definitely a journey. Introduced to, like I say, 12-step stuff, and that's really helped out as well. Uh, you know, that's obviously probably, that's been like the, ma the major part of my recovery. Um, and yeah, man, like real journey. Like got to speak about a lot of the stuff that, um, that I thought I was going to take to the grave, you know, a lot, of, a lot of situations, a lot of insecurities, vulnerabilities. Getting vulnerable, man, what a process that is, you know, for like a ego-filled I guess like what I what I what I used to what I kind of was was like a um like a ego maniac with an inferiority complex you know it's a very contradicting sort of place to be and um and that was hard getting vulnerable standing up and being like yeah like, this is how I feel about this but the growth that can come from that is is absolutely huge and um I'm just so glad and I guess in a way I feel blessed because I I, I kind of do believe that there's a power greater than myself that's looking after me that that power sort of came into my life and allowed me to, 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 to do that stuff because I was not the kind of person that ever showed any sort of like fears or because I was too scared that, I, that people would see the real shame, whatever that is, you know. And, um, and in treatment, I, I learned how to do that. I learned how to, to open up and, and sort of bear, bear that, bear the soul, bear the soul, you know. Uh, and what a, what a beautiful process that is. It's, it's really interesting to hear you like speak about that because, I mean, you said 
before before all of this, before all the drugs came in, right? Yeah. It's like you said it was already there, right? The like for sure. The in hindsight, in hindsight, in hindsight, I can say, yeah. And and so it's interesting that you know a lot of those, you know, what whatever it is, personality traits or, yeah, or yeah. just just tendencies towards you know, like you said, being afraid to expose you know your your true yeah, feelings, yeah. your true self. Um, that that's sort of you know what gets worked out in treatment. Like it's not just going and just just stop you know, stop using oh, these substances man, and absolutely you're good. It's, it's really good and getting into the, the deeper causes that led into the substance abuse in the, treatment, in the first place. Tr treatment was like the school that I was supposed to go to, you know? I gotcha, yeah. So treatment was like learning how to like live, man. Mm. Learning how to express myself assertively. Because I was the kind of person that would let things build up and then would explode over the tiniest thing. You know, but being able to be like, hey, listen, like I feel like, you know, it sounds kind of like stereotypical, but being like, I feel like this when when you do this, you know? Yeah. Being able to practice that in a in a in a in a comfortable, sort of secure place. Yeah. Incredible. Vital stuff for me, for me. Because mm -hmm. I couldn't do that before. I didn't know how to you know, being able to like drop the veil of like hard man or or big man, that was a big one for me. I thought I was, I thought I was a, a, a like a Mr. Big, you know, like earning good money, blah, 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 this and that. And and I allowed myself to attach myself to that identity. And, and that was detrimental for me. Mm -hmm. um, but being able to just be like, you know what, regardless of what I've got going on in my life, like I'm Shane and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Cause that was, that was never the case for me growing up, even before the drugs, like you said, and I, I believe that, that addiction is more, like I say, more than just taking drugs. Cause mm -hmm. drugs are a chemical solution to a spiritual problem. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. why when I probably first got high, I felt like, yeah, that's the answer. Right. Unfortunately, it took a lot from me. Or fortunately, who knows? Because if I didn't go through that process, I would never have had the revelations that I've had, and I would never be the person that I am today. I was just going to say it's it's interesting how a lot of people who've been through recovery, yeah, man, they've obviously been to some really dark places, absolutely. Um, but then on the flip side, you know, that's taken that that's allowed them, given them the opportunity to go through recovery and to do a lot of this, like deep like spiritual work that totally happens, man. that happens there and like i'm speaking from an outsider's perspective like i've never been through this but just you know from from obs from my observation you know a lot of people i mean i, I don't i don't know maybe I, I was gonna say are better off you know but yeah it could be it could very well be the case i mean totally. it's not not that it's a good thing to you know be addicted to to substances that are you know potentially going to kill you yeah but I mean, you have to look at the whole picture of going through that experience and coming out. You know, there's a lot of people who haven't been in, uh, you know, in that situation where they're, you know, deeply addicted to something and need to go through recovery. Yeah. But they're still, you know, people who are, you know, maybe they're they're, they're drinking lots. Maybe they're, they're not identifying as alcoholics yeah, to the yeah. point where they need to go to recovery. But yeah. they're sort of masking, you know, some underlying issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. The people who go who end up going through recovery and coming out of that are like on a way deeper, yeah, man, you know, it's, higher level than than the than most people. It's who are because out there, it's because you know? through it's vital for somebody that's seeking recovery to work on themselves because if it's one thing to put the drugs down and be abstinent, there's a difference between abstinence and recovery. Let me tell you that because, like I said, addiction isn't just about drugs; it's about you. It's like it's a disease, man. It's like it's hard to it's. It's it's the defects as well. It's the selfishness. It's self obsessed. It's the uh, self centeredness. It's the obsession. You know. You know when I when I when I first kind of got clean, it was like all of a sudden I wanted to buy like all these Nike Air Maxes. You know, and go shopping and wear like Tommy Hilfiger and wear all this like super like expensive, you know, like designer shit. 
obsessed. You know, so it's like swapping or food. Food can come in. People say like they put down the, put down the spoon and pick up the fork. You know, that that's huge as well. So it's like it can wear many faces. That's why recovery is is that that insight that the introspection that you do on yourself in order to to achieve like some peace of mind so that you're comfortable with yourself enough to not use drugs again. Because mm-hmm. most of the time, if not all of the time, people are using drugs because they're uncomfortable without them. Mm-hmm. And like I said, chemical solution to a spiritual problem. What's necessary then is a spiritual solution to a spiritual problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what recovery is. It's, uh, it's, it's a journey, man. It's way, way, way more than putting down the drugs. Way, way, way more than that. Mm-hmm. It's... um it's it's yeah and you kind of like like i say like today like i uh, i'm i'm grateful um for the little things you know most of the time you know i can't say every day is amazing because i live I'm a, i live a normal life yeah you're you know? a human being exactly you know? and you have good yeah. days and bad days yeah. but i can notice tiny things today that i would never have noticed before you know and be like wow that's awesome mm. you know yeah yeah like scenery or like i don't know dude we take a lot for granted, don't we? You yeah, know? man. Uh, it's it's easy. I mean, thinking about, I mean, when I was when I was listening to you tell tell your story of you know how how your life was when you were sort of you know at that point of where you were going to hit rock bottom. Yeah. You know, and just thinking about, you know, it's easy it's easy for for me to like take for granted, you know, my life. Like I definitely take you know take my life for granted at times, and like it's. I think it's important for us to just, yeah, you know, appreciate those little things every day and just the, you know, the, the things that seem insignificant to us. You know, if you, if, if there's other people out there who are living lives and, you know, they, totally. they could look at our, at our life we're living now and it's like, you know, you just, yeah, like, whoa, man, yeah. like, what are you doing over there? How do you do it? You exactly, know, exactly. I can remember, um, I can remember like I lived in this place in, in, in Shoalwater, which is in, um, you know, Rockingham, Western Australia, which is where like a lot of my life was based for a long time where I grew up and, and the house had a super long driveway. And at the, as, as you would look down the driveway, things would get darker and darker and darker. And then you might see like a, a cigarette, like it's like a, um, like the red bit of a cigarette mm-hmm. and be me smoking away, like waiting for people to come drop stuff off or waiting for people to come and hang out with me or whatever it is. And I would just sit there cause I, I, I used a lot of drugs, man. And I was too scared to leave, leave the home. And I used to see people going about normal day stuff from the darkness, from the den of like this super long driveway at the end, I was sitting on the couch, washing their cars, going for a jog, walking their dogs, having a conversation. I'd be like, oh man, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know? And like, there was no external boundaries that were stopping me from doing that, but it was an internal prison that I had, you know? And I, and today, like when I'm like, for instance, yesterday I went for a long run, pretty long run, right? I did like a 30 K run yesterday. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really fucking hard because I'm super fatigued and, and, I, and I wasn't feeling too well. And in the last half an hour, like I, I draw on that stuff, man. You know, like when I got to that last half an hour, my head's like, my head's always like, oh, you don't, you, you know, two hours is enough. Two hours is enough, dude, that's all right. Like you don't need to do like any more than this. Like what's, what's half an hour gonna do for you? You know, all that, that bullshit that your head tells you to try to get you to like not yeah. achieve your best. Yeah, um, and you know, I mean, you know that that's the most important, most important part. Hell yeah, the man! End, the hell yeah! The, the long yeah, run, right? like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, those you know, voices, like, yeah. yeah, bro. And then I was just like, well, what about that time you're sitting in that, in that, in that, uh, in that driveway, and you and you and and you just wished you could run? Yeah, boom. For sure, man. Just instant uh, in motivation. Yeah, you know? and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of relying on motivation. Like I'm, I'm much more 
of like a commitment person. Because if I relied on motivation, I wouldn't be half as fit as I am today. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But in those moments, it's it's good to draw on that stuff, you know. Absolutely, like I'm sure you do it as well, you know. Like- I always, I always, at the, at the end of a long run or a race, anytime you're hurting, and yeah. anytime all those voices are coming in, you have to have something that you go to. I mean, yeah, that, and, that next locker. Yeah, I mean, for me, I a lot of times I think about you know people people who who are you know maybe disabled or you know amputees, people yeah. who like literally can't run. Yeah, man. And I mean, you know, there's those are some of the most inspiring people that uh-huh. I've ever seen is, you know, people like that speaking about, and, you know, I mean, I was in, when I was in Tanyapura, there were a couple of, um, you know, there was a, a woman, a woman who, who didn't have a leg, but she was still training triathlon, smashing Amazing. it. A guy who didn't have an arm, you know, still like totally smashing it on the bike. Yeah. Um, and you know, I have no excuse, you know, you totally, think about man. that. I have yeah, no man. excuse. And it's just, you know, it's, I mean, I was, th- I think about what, what, what happens if one day, I mean, God forbid something happens and like, I, I, I lose a leg or like, I, I, you know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta seize the moment and totally just even, even like, I would, I would love, I'm you, you, you love the pain at that moment because there's people who would love to f- be able to, be to, to feel that pain, feel that pain. Yeah, man. exactly. So you embrace the pain and it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's good. It takes on a whole new, new vibe. It's know? good to have that, that, that that fifth or sixth gear, yeah. you know, that, and, and a lot of the time it's, it, I'd say most of the time it's, it's not about you. It's not about me. When I, when I kind of fall into that, it's just like, yeah, like we're doing this thing. Like, um, because, you know, like you said, maybe some people can't do it mm-hmm. or, or, um, you know, like, uh, yeah, like, you know, there's people out there who, who wish, who wish they could, they could be living this life or mm-hmm. it's just an awesome thing to have, man, you know, and, that, and that's definitely what helps me cross the line. Yeah. And I, like I said before, I definitely draw on, you know, being, being a vegan athlete and just, yeah. I just want to show how strong, I mean, I, I'm nothing special in terms of genetics or anything like that, no. you know, but I, I'm just a fairly average guy, but, you know, just being able to show people like, you know, come on, we don't, we don't need to be worrying about protein deficiency and all that. Oh, you know, dude, just, like, and that, and I mean, and, like, I love racing with you, you know, because, um, because you know it's next level, right? And I mean, like seeing you go about the way that you do things and 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 representing, you know, vegan lifestyle. Um, and you're always in the, on on top of the podium, you know. For anybody that's listening to this, whenever he crosses the line, like it's it's on the first place on on the top block, and he's got a, a shirt that says vegan on it, you know. And um and and respect, bro. You know, like massive respect for that because, you know, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see to see you do that and uh, inspiring. Yeah, man. Well, thanks. I mean, it's, it's awesome to see how far you've come, man. And it's like, it's like the, you know, you're definitely, I mean, you, you said, I think before Ken Chenaburi, you're like, you know, cause I was, we were talking about how we were thinking the race is going to play out. Yeah. And then you're like, oh man, I'm like stoked that you're a factor. And it's like, man, you're definitely a factor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you know, like it's, I remember, uh, you know, when we first met, it's like, you know, you're, I mean, we were both just getting, getting into it really, but it's like, it's, uh, it's it's really it's been really cool to see, especially the swimming man. You're absolutely crushing the swim, and like yeah. you're, you're doing crazy training now. You're doing like a 200k ride, like pretty much every week. Every Sunday, every yeah. Sunday. Like my coach has me doing like a six hour ride every Sunday. So um, and I'm loving it. You know, like when I my, my first, I think I did a I did a I was doing five hour rides for a while, and then I started doing the six hour rides, and it was like oh, like I've only done one 200k ride previous to the bunch that I've done recently, mm-hmm. and um. It's like six hours, man. That's like a quarter of my day. Like, you know, the brain breaks it down. You know, it's like, you can't do, you've got things to do, man. You know, like. Do you listen to anything? Do you listen to podcasts? You know what? Or? Last week I did for yeah. the first time. Normally I ride just, just, you know, normally I ride solo because. Just, just with your thoughts. Just with my thoughts and, and um, 
and it goes all right. Uh, but last week I, I was like, you know what? Let's, I got these like sport sort of like uh, earbuds and I was like, let's try them out. And I listened to Joe, uh, I listened to a bit of Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. but the I listened to like a three hour podcast with uh, Rich Roll and David Goggins. Have oh, you heard yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. Dude, man, that guy's an animal. That's, he's talking about, you know, he's like super overweight and he runs like a hundred. hundred miles, breaks 100 his miles feet. Broken feet. <laughs> yeah, man. And then goes all, all to qualify for that Badwater uh, 100. Yeah. Amazing. He's, he's, in, he's a Navy SEAL, right? I'm pretty sure. He was like a or Ranger, a Navy SEAL and a, uh, some other like massive accolade. Yeah. Next level guy. Yeah, man. Next so that was guy. cool. And that, 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 that was awesome. But yeah, like um, I'll do another long ride this weekend and then I'll, I'll drastically taper next week. Next week I'm heading back to Perth. Um gonna head straight down to Bustleton and uh racing uh Ironman Western Australia on the second of December. So Epic man. I'm so stoked for that race to see how you do. Dude, I'm what, uh, what's your goal for this this um, event? Sub sub ten for sure. Like I'd love to go sub ten. I think that's definitely within within reach unless something like seriously goes wrong. Like my training shows that like that's possible. Um yeah, I think you can definitely. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like, sub ten would be cool. You know, sub ten is something. When I when I did Ironman New Zealand at the start of this year, when I decided I was going to do Ironman New Zealand, it was like sub. Let's try for sub twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, then I wanted to do sub eleven, and I said like I remember I messaged into this like WhatsApp group that I'm in, so there was some accountability. I was like, I want to go sub eleven, mm-hmm. and I did it. Yeah, and I feel like I'm definitely like a an, another level of of athlete than I was then. Oh man, totally. Yeah, totally. so that was that was like March, right? March, yeah. And we're now November. Yep. And the race will be uh, is December. It? And I yeah. and a few I made a few changes. You know, like I, I moved I moved on to a different coach who's uh, who's really helped me like grow a lot. You know, just like the previous coach did. But you know, this this new coach is uh, is is super. Um, you know, is is really sort of what I need at this moment. Um, and he's smashing me you know which is you cool know, i can see that yeah i can see that yeah man you definitely you feel like you're sort of on that line between 100 yeah you know, like being I'm, overtrained yeah i think so i think like this week's been a bit easier like uh, for instance like i'm tapering a little bit so well yeah you're basically you've just sort of peaked right you've done your your biggest training block yeah, and then like now a couple of weeks 22 hour week yeah. last week so that yeah. smashed me um and this week's going to be a little bit less and i think drastically come monday it's going to drop a bit mm-hmm. um well that's that's a 22 hour week and i mean a lot of people listening will say oh my god 22 hours of training um but i mean there are definitely people who train more than that 100%. you know for iron man's we got people doing 30 40 hours a week some people Huge. like crazy amounts so that's uh but that's a, it's a big training week but the thing to note as well is like your training is it's fairly high intensity most of it is like you've got some yeah. good intensity you know you know yeah your sessions man, for too. sure so, yeah so that's 22 hours of like hard work. Yeah, it's 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 pretty tough. Yeah. yeah, I mean a lot of brick sessions, a lot of long swims. Um yeah, man, it's uh it's it's awesome. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the after like I'm enjoying the fact that like I'm I've I can look back on that week and be like, yeah, like I committed to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's cool cuz like I said in the in the beginning of when we started talking like I was always the kind of person that started something really strong and then like fizzled out. Yeah, man, it's good to see you seeing it through. Yeah, man. I think you definitely go sub 10 yeah, and I, I hope that you can, uh, I mean the thing with, with getting it cause there's Kona spots up for grabs. There is. Yeah. There's like 65 slots available. At, um, but you know what? I'm not, I'm not putting any weight on that yet. Like I'm not Kona fit yet in my opinion. Like I've, you know, like, you know, as we do, like I've looked at like every age group result, like yeah. the races and like, I'm not there yet. Um, but the roll down's possible, but yeah, I'm not, that's know. not something that I'm putting any weight on. 
I'll definitely, definitely go to Kona one day. That's for sure. Well, um, you if the but if you're ready, if the roll down comes, you'll yeah. You'll sign I, up. I think I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. cool, yeah, man. I think I'm, I'll take I'm it. glad to hear that. Yeah, I mean, you do. You get a Kona slot, you take it, right? You got to. Yeah, you man. All right, man. Let's uh, let's leave it there. Yeah, let's man. we'll do round two with Shane for sure. Shane, we, I mean, we're training all the time together. Hell yeah, man. So we'll do future episodes with Shane. Sweet. So um, yeah, leave us leave us some comments if you guys have any questions for Shane. Yeah, dude. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you soon, man. Let's go get some pizza. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Legend. Peace. Peace. That guy is something else, isn't he? Every time I hang out with Shane, I find myself getting a reset of sorts. He's always trying to striving to be the best that he can be on so many levels, and his attitude is infectious. What else can I say? At least I think so. Shane wanted me to encourage you to contact him via Instagram or Facebook message if you feel as though you would like to talk with him. Shane is a qualified therapist and recovery coach. Find him on Instagram where he is at Shane Goodhue. You can also find him easily on Facebook by searching his name there. If you or someone you know needs help, send Shane an email. He can be reached at shane at claritythailand.com. If you enjoyed this conversation, if you found it to be of value, please do us a huge favor and spread the word about it. If you could tell a friend about it or post the episode on whatever social media platform you prefer, that would be a massive help. The Vegan Champion Podcast, by the way, can now be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Podbean, Radio Public, Stitcher, and anchor.fm so you've got a lot of choices for places to listen from you can also watch video versions of each episode on youtube just go to the vegan champion podcast youtube channel please take a quick moment to hit subscribe wherever you prefer to get your content from i would also really appreciate it if you could leave a review of the show on apple podcast that would be great that would really help the show you can find more information about me at jasonfonger.com, including links to all of my social media accounts. You can also stop by the veganchampionpodcast.com for more info about the show. And if you feel inclined to financially support the work I do, check out patreon.com slash jasonfonger. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks to Shane for coming on. Thanks to Tarmo Vaness for his help with the audio and video production of the show. Thanks to Matthew Chalmers for the music. Thanks to Cole La Jeunesse and his team at Planet Convert for the podcast graphics. My heart and soul is behind this podcast, and I really cannot thank you enough for your time and attention. I'll constantly strive to provide you with the best possible value in each episode of this show because the underlying theme I'm working to create here is that to live a vegan life is in itself an act of a champion and helping people to understand why that is true is of paramount importance to me. I hope that makes sense. This is the first episode of 2019. It's going to be a good year, everybody. I can feel it. I hope you can too good vibes, and good luck to you all as we begin this new year. Until next time, keep living like a champion, a vegan champion.